You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everyone? And thank you for joining us for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Rachel Prevet, and I'm joined by the one and only legend, QB expert, Mark Cofield. What's up, Mark? How are you doing? Did you enjoy your holiday weekend? I did. First of all, when you said legend, I was like, did I get promoted? Did I get fired? Like, is there, is she going to like slide somebody else in? Like, uh, but I, I appreciate the kind words there. You're the legend here. I'm just along for the ride. Now, happy September, Rachel. Yeah. And I, I feel like I need to warn you about something. Okay. I am one of those people that is just almost psychotic when it comes to fall. Like I'm a, like I'm, I'm a living me. I mean, part of my Labor Day weekend was testing all the Halloween lights that I'm going to be putting up this weekend outside. Nice. I've got a I've got a nice Friday trip planned to uh, at home to pick up some new outdoor decorations for the house. I've already been listening to like Charlie Brown, like Thanksgiving music from the Peanut Special. I love when you watch Charlie Brown Thanksgiving as a family uh, right before Thanksgiving. I'm one of those people. I get an email from Nothing Bunt Cakes, this little cake shop. I love their little buntlets, the little yes. ones, the tiny ones. Yes. It's not like a full bucket. The little one, they get the pumpkin yes. spice ones. I don't even like pumpkin, but I'm gonna go get some. Yeah. Like I'm one of those freaks when it comes to fall, and so I feel like I need to warn you. Okay. If you if I start going off on tangents about like fall or okay. leaves or whatever, just just reel me back in. Okay, okay. just want to warn you. One of those people. I'm definitely a summer baby, but it's good to know that because some people literally start celebrating in September. Like, yeah. oh, let's go. And I'm like, Christmas in September? What's yeah. Like, you well, know? I, I have a friend that I went to high school with. She's done all, not just her Christmas shopping, all the gifts are wrapped. No way. No like, way. And she did that. I kid you not, Rachelle. She posted a picture on Instagram in like June. How do you even remember? What I don't know. Like, I forget what I have for breakfast. Me too. Day. Like I, I I don't know how she does it, but that that I thought that was pretty pretty out there. But I am one of those like fall freaks. Like okay. I was a giant this weekend. Okay. Like Friday night, and there was just an entire display of everything like pumpkin scented, like tea. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't again, I don't even like it, but I'm like, yeah. Ah, it was like a warm blanket. So I, I Yeah, I'm one of those fall freaks. So I go to the pumpkin patch with some apple cider. That's definitely oh, a vibe. Butler's Orchard up yeah. in Montgomery County. It's yeah. one of my favorite things, the festival they have. Their apple cider spice donuts. Oh, that sounds oh, so good. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. But we got to start the show. Uh, we start the show, as always, with our, our pop culture reference. I'm going in a slightly different direction. I, I'm, maybe I'm cheating, but I feel like I need to do it. Okay. Go with a TV show quote. And... Michael K. Williams, Michael K. Williams, the actor from The Wire, from Boardwalk Empire, unfortunately passed away this weekend. Okay. And uh, yeah, I feel like we, we got to give him a shout out. Yes. Uh, 
if you haven't seen those shows, like when you're done listening to this one, don't don't stop listening to this just yet. Listen to this episode, then go and clear your afternoon, clear your week, binge the wire, binge World Boardwalk Empire. But there's a quote he portrayed Omar in the wire. There's a quote that I literally use all the time. A man's gotta have a coat. And I like I use that quote all the time. Now, obviously, he's like an anti-hero, like not somebody you want to use as a role model for your kids. The character he portrayed, Michael K. Williams, by all accounts, a tremendous human being. Wendell Pierce, who played Bunk on The Wire, had a beautiful, beautiful tribute thread to him that posted Monday night. I would implore people to go read it. It was one of the most moving things. I've, I, I had tears in my eyes in my kitchen reading it. So... A tribute and a shout out to Michael K. Williams, just a tremendous talent gone too soon. And a man got to have a code. Like I, I, I use that all the time. So a like shout that. out to him. I like that. And I was, you know, looking at a lot of the tributes, like you were saying on social media. And I think one thing that is a consensus is even though we know in the wire, the role that he played was like the villain. He did such an awesome job in that role, but it made you like, the villain and made you root for the villain. He's a phenomenal actor. Like you said, gone too soon, rest in peace. So I'm glad yeah. that was that. Really yeah. Glad. And anytime you can get as an actor, you could put together a performance where you are, like you said, Rachel, the villain, mm -hmm. but people still want to root for you to have people do that switch in their mind. That is such a powerful talent. Like the ability to do that, like Ian McShane and Deadwood, who also played basically a villain, but you almost found yourself rooting for his character. That's just a, tr a credit to the talent. And there was also a video that was floating around about Wendell Pierce and Michael K. Williams at like a red carpet thing. Mm -hmm. And Michael K. Williams talked about some of his own, like he said, he basically kind of blurred the line at times in his own life and Omar, some of the struggles that he had. And Wendell sort of came in and just talked at length about his talent as an actor and how he put a window to the people that the rest of us just walk by. Like you might just walk by a person on a corner and ignore them in your day-to-day -day life. But w Michael K. Williams had the ability to know, turn you around and say, look at this human, like look at what this person is going through. And like he brought that to life. And it was just, you could see Michael K. Williams in that moment start to cry like literally cry because of what his friend was saying about him. And so, you know, just a, a tremendous human being. And there was also a clip that I saw of him just dancing on a street corner with some street performers in New York City. And just, you know, here he is, like an actor that has won awards and done tremendous work. And he's just in that joyous moment to connect with another. He's just a beautiful, beautiful moment. So, you know, I just wanted to, to you know, draw people's attention to my k Williams for a bit. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a great book part of the show. So thank you for that. So I chose song lyrics again, and I thought it was only right to go with song lyrics from Queen B, who just celebrated her 40th birthday. I went with Beyonce. Have a belated to Beyonce. And I chose lyrics from Ape-ish. The Ape, you know, because we're yeah. this on this family. Yep. But I said... <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics say, I can't believe we made it. This is what we're thankful for. And it's been a long time coming, but week one of the regular season is officially here. So we only, we made it, like we made it to week one. It was a long time coming. So I'm excited for the return to regular season action. I am too. I, I love that you picked that, Rachel. And yes, we actually have actual games to talk about. It's not hypothetical. It's not what ifs. It's like we, we made it. And 
the the long arduous journey from like the end of the draft to week one of the NFL season is some of like the most difficult times for what we do because it's like it's June fifteenth. What are we going to talk about on a show? Like it's what are we going to write about? Um, it, it's hard, but but we made it. We have games. We have the season open, the traditional season opener Thursday night. Tom Brady seventh ring man seven months younger than me, but still out there slitted it. Making me feel older and older and older by the day. Um, how does I, I I don't get it? We get Dak Prescott. It's it's it's. I feel like we should talk about that game just a little bit. Yeah, like, and the storyline surround. It's a lot going on surrounding. Right. Game. You know, we have the return of Dak. We have the news that literally just came out. I think it was maybe yesterday, or it might have been Sunday, about Zach Martin the right guard who just tested positive for COVID, even yeah. though he's vaccinated. So now one of their, you know, argumentively best offensive players is going to be out week one of the regular season. How is that going to affect Dak? Because I was reading and it said that the offense have, has not had um, one, like a full rep, a full right. rep, all preseason. So hold up. And <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Rachel. Do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a pretty good defense and pass rush? Yes, they do. And so did they yeah. even add to that with Joe Tryon, who they drafted at the end of the first round, who had two yes. sacks and looks incredible? Yes. Like that's not a situation where you want to walk your your franchise quarterback who's coming off a bad lower body injury that cost him his season last year. And he's barely played this preseason because he has a shoulder injury. And now you lose Zach Martin, who, like you said, one of the best guards in the game. Up against Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon, Devin White. Like, that's a pass rush that's going to – Dom Kitsu. Like, that's a pass rush that's going to get after you. And, oh, by the way, a full stadium to, like, celebrate a, a Super Bowl championship. Like, that environment is going to be electric. I would not want to be Dak Prescott this weekend. The rest of the year, the other, like, 360, you know, I'm fine. I'm, I, I'd love to be Dak. I, I would be so nervous because you know, like you said, Tampa Bay, number one defense last season, you know that they're applying pressure. Right. So coming off of an injury, I would be shaking in my boots. I, I was so nervous. Yeah. And 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 Dallas does have a good offense, right? Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, like Ezekiel Elliott, they've got talent. And I think Dallas could be good this year. Yeah. But this is a recipe, I think, for disaster. And I know, I feel like they're going to be prepared to stop the run game. So hopefully the Cowboys are preparing for this, you know, going into the game. They're definitely going to be trying to stop Ezekiel Elliott. So as Dak, how do you prepare for this? Because you know, like, the odds are stacked against you. Yeah, I mean, I, do you think that Dallas goes into this game, Kellen Moore, the offensive staff, goes into this game and thinks, okay, We've got a max protect Dak, like just simple, like two or three receiver concepts and throw as much play action as we can at them. Like they're going to load up. And like you said, you're exactly right. Stop Ezekiel Elliott. So let's try some play action shot plays and try to hit some deep stuff. Do you think that's their game plan? For sure. I mean, what else, what other options do they have knowing that their, their situation is a, a lot of challenges facing a lot of obstacles up against the Cowboys. So that seems like their best option. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. The other storyline of this, and you know, we, we touched on Tom Brady. I 
correct me if I'm wrong. I think Brady's going to be even better this year than he was last year, which is like because he got rid of the knee sleeve. Is are you saying that because of that? He's healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. He had the MCL injury last year. He's fully healthy, and he told us, you know, he told us in the media like this summer. Even around like Thanksgiving time last year, he still didn't really know how to call plays. Like he was still learning it all. Now he's healthy and he knows everything and he's got everybody back. And yes, he's 44 and probably shouldn't still be doing this, but he is. Like I think he's actually going to be better. And that's terrified and depressing as a man that's, like I said, seven months older than he is. <laughs> Age is so funny. Whenever you bring that up, I'm like, you're not, you're not old. You're just lying. You know, you, you know, Rachel, every time I do it, though, I get a text from my mom. She's like, could you stop saying you're old because it makes me feel old? Oh, yeah. Like, but it's a bit. It's a bit. I got to use. You have a youthful spirit, though. This is true. Yeah. I just fake it. I just fake it. <laughs> but I think, like you said, the fact that they're bringing back all 22 starters, that's a big deal as well. So I would be confident if I was Tom Brady. You know what you guys did last season? So yeah. really like I guess who is their who's gonna be their their biggest competitors? I, I curious your thoughts on this. I mean, I think Green Bay. Um, you know, maybe if the Rams actually put it together with Stafford, maybe the Rams are good. You know, I I, I do think Washington has a good defense, but you know, Washington gave them everything they had in the wildcard game last year. So maybe Washington. Uh, the NFC is so weird to me. Like you look at the AFC, you've got Cleveland, you've got Kansas City, you've got Buffalo, you've got Baltimore. Like you got Miami, you got maybe New England. Like it, it seems a much deeper conference. You look at the NFC, it's like okay, well Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and then it's just kind of like who makes the run? Does Arizona make the run? Like I, I think people are kind of excited about you know Kyler Murray, but I'm not gonna buy into it until i see it so what like who do you think their biggest rival is in, in the yeah. nfc green bay yeah i think so yeah like you said afc is loaded yeah so yeah i mean the, the nfc is just just very weird to me I, i'm sure some team sort of puts it together it makes a run mm -hmm. um but yeah until I, I i i do think it's set up for tampa bay and green bay yet again yeah so I see that it's only a kick a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But hey, we we got an act we we got an actual game to talk about, yes, which is did. fantastic, and we got an Eagles game too. And I'm excited because at the end I have a homework assignment for you. So I I think I know what the homework assignment is going to be. I, I saw somebody with suggestion. Okay, 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 okay. Very I'm excited. I told Michael Kiss. I didn't know if he told you. No, Michael hasn't told me anything. <laughs> okay, okay. 
But no, we do have some game action to get prepared for. The Eagles are getting ready for their week one game. They're going to be going to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Um, and that is going to be on the 12th, September 12th. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be coming very, very quickly. And I guess we could take a look at both offense and defense. Like what should the Eagles be prepared for? We know offensively they have Kyle Pitts. Yes. The- that's that's where it starts. It starts with Kyle Pitts. This dude, <laughs> this dude is like legit unicorn. Like a man that size should not move that well. Like he had one catch in the preseason on a simple little like out route, but you see him like evading people before he even catches the ball. He catches the ball of the flat. It turns upfield on a dime, and it's just like outracing people. Like this is somebody that was running like up and out routes against a Kansas City, a a Kentucky cornerback last year and just blowing by him. Like going up against J.C. Horn, who was a first-round draft pick at corner, and just mossing him on a back shoulder throw. Like of all the players I've ever studied for the draft, Kyle Pitts is like up there in terms of just like pure joy to watch. Like somebody that, look, I I don't feel like doing this today. I'll just watch Kyle Pitts because it's fun. Yes. Like certainly anytime you feel like as an organization, you could trade Julio Jones because of the rookie you just drafted. That is technically still a tight end, but you know, you could use her. Like he's a tremendous talent. Um, we expect, look, Arthur Smith, you're going to see a lot of play action and Matt Ryan and, you know, an offense that will pretty be pretty comfortable for him. So you're going to see a lot of play action. Calvary Ridley is still extremely good as well. Like, I don't know if Atlanta's that team in the NFC that comes out of nowhere, but I think there's potential for them to like be a little bit better than people think. What about you? Um, it's interesting. I think Kyle Pitts is going to exceed expectations. There's a lot of hype around him. And like yeah. you said, he's a unicorn. I like that. Yep. So I think he's going to exceed the expectations. I think a worry that I did have was Julio Jones because we know that he was such a, a huge contributor and now that he's gone, that was like a worry. But like you said, they still have Calvin Ridley. They still uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be a key contributor this season. Yeah. So maybe they'll be okay without him. But now they also have the backup QB competition also going on. Yeah, I mean that, that's a little bit of an interesting scenario. My biggest question about Atlanta is it's why I can't sort of I, I can't really come to terms with how I feel about them. Is are they rebuilding or are they retooling? Like, the, that's the thing. I understand the decision you're sitting there for you draft Kyle Pitts for all the reasons we talked about. He's unicorn, generational, whatever you want to say about him. But then you turn around and trade Julio Jones. It's like, if, if you're going to move on from Julio, that's a step towards rebuilding, right? So then maybe you draft Justin Fields at four. Like, it seems like they're trying to be, you know, trying to do both, right? Rebuild, retool at the same time. Is that going to work or not? Like, that's my big question. About I don't that. think, I don't think the the moves that they made are enough. I think it's going to take yeah. four years. Yeah. Julio Jones getting rid of him, bringing Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Great. But I feel like that's not enough in my opinion. Right. Matt, Matt uh, Ryan was a phenomenal quarterback last year. So I don't have like high expectations for him going into the season. And a concern is their offensive line as well. 
Yeah, I mean, their offensive line is a work in progress. They've made a ton of investments in it. Look, two first-round picks in 19, a third-round pick, their center, Matt Hennessy, in 20. Jake Matthews, their left tackle, is good, but he was drafted in 2014 in the first round. Like, you know, there's some age there. It, it does seem like they're like, – like what you said. Like, it doesn't seem like what they added was enough to sort of make a run this year. And Matt Ryan is certainly – let's say on the back nine of his career. Yeah. And look, we, we all saw the tweets this weekend. Like everybody made up their mind that the next quarterback class is going to be bad. Yeah. Although maybe Matt Cor Corral <laughs> on Monday night saved that. But then if the next quarterback class is bad and we just got a class, we had five guys in the first round. Why not draft one? Like, it's just, I'm always fascinated by organizational decisions in terms of roster construction. And this one just leaves me sort of scratching my head. Me too. And I think one of the biggest things that I was looking at when it came to Matt Ryan is, yes, he's getting older, but also nowadays you have to be athletic. And I don't think he's that athletic. He, he never really has been. Right. So that's like something where it's like, how, how much can you really do? Like think about the, the contrast between the two quarterbacks in this game, right? If you're Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator who for Atlanta, who we're going to get to in a second, um, you don't know exactly where Jalen Hurts is going to be on a given play, right? Like maybe he throws from the pocket. Maybe they roll him out. Maybe he scrambles. Like it, it's, I've always asked defensive coordinators about this, like high school defensive coordinators, college defensive coordinators. And that's the stuff that keeps them up at night. Cause you might draw up the perfect defense. And then somebody like Jalen Hurts just breaks it all down. And there's nothing you can do, but throw the clipboard and, you know, quit. I don't know. Um, but Matt Ryan, you know exactly where he's going to be, like you said. Like, he's not a super athletic guy. Third and six, he's going to be seven yards deep behind the center looking to throw. Yep. You're not taking a linebacker or safety and saying, okay, we need you to watch number two because I'm afraid that he's going to scramble and do something on third and six. No, you're not going to do that. And so I think, like you said, you know where Matt Ryan's going to be. He's not super athletic. We have seen this trend in the modern NFL where you need athleticism at that position. He's not offering that. And, and so it's it's a more one-dimensional passing game than what the Eagles have. Exactly. One thing that's also going to be interesting is both teams' uh, new coaches staff. So yeah. – I was look. I was uh, looking at the interview from Nick uh, Sirianni. I was about to say Nick Ryan. Nick Sirianni. And he was talking about how there's competitive advantage, low key on both ends, because yeah. you don't know what to prepare for. There's a lack of tape. Yeah, so, there is that lack of tape. I think what exciting. sort of works in Philly's favor is you kind of know somewhat of what to expect from DMPs. Like, you know, I, I said you, we talked about two clips um, off air that I think we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, but he'll do some different things. And he's one of these coaches this preseason that didn't hide things. Like he showed like, look, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to practice it. And I don't care if people figure it out, but the Eagles, like you said, like new coordinators, new head coach, like people that you don't really have a ton of film and tendency work on. And I think, you know, a lot of week one in the NFL is all about like, you know, the coaching staffs themselves, because you don't have film, you don't have stuff to break down, you don't have tendency information, you don't know what it's going to look like. How good are the coaching staffs at installing the stuff they want to run week one during training camp? And sometimes that's just the difference. Like what team is just better prepared for week one and the uncertainty? Like not to talk about the college game, but Nebraska, my beloved Cornhuskers, 
got yoked by Illinois in week zero. And Scott Frost, their head coach, was like, we weren't ready for what they were going to do, which was just play man coverage. It's like, man, if you can't figure that out and have an answer for that, then you're going to be in trouble. Um, you would think a college head coach would have an answer for cover one, but apparently not. I'm okay, though. I'm really okay with it. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not having a mental breakdown over that. That's not why I'm like, you know, going to go buy some pumpkin spice buntlets or anything once the show what is you over. Do. do what you got to do. Look, this show is partly about coping, Rachel. Yes, we, yes, it is. We offer the gentle <laughs> listeners ways to cope. Yes. And that's what we're here to do. Yes, it is. A safe space. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But no, I think the Eagles are going to need to prepare uh, for blitzes. Yep. That's the one thing that I know that Jalen Hurts needs to be prepared for. Yeah. We're coming for him. Yeah. And the other thing that Dean Pease is really good at, first of all, I would strongly recommend anybody that's curious about Dean Pease, uh, my friend Chris Vassor at Coach Vass on Twitter. He has a couple of different podcasts. One, which is a rather ton-in-cheek title, uh, Make Defense Great Again. Um, I'll just let that slide. Um, he interviewed Dean Pease last summer, and it was like a two-hour show. And, and Dean Pease talked a lot about his defensive philosophy, and he talked a lot about his time in New England, which little tidbit, everybody thinks Bill Belichick, defensive wizard, all that stuff. Dean Pease said that while he was a defensive coordinator with the Patriots, Belichick would spend maybe 40 minutes a week total with the defense. The rest of the time, he was just with Tom Brady saying, okay. look, this is what the other defense is going to do to you. This is what they'll do to you on this play. This is the look they'll show you on this against this formation. And so for everybody that thinks, oh, well, Belichick's just out there coaching the defense and Brady's running the offense. Eh, not quite. So, so Dean Pease was kind of running the show there. So, you know, check that out. Um, what I, what we saw you and I, the, the clips we, we looked at the way they can try to confuse a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the first one, they just sort of rotate the coverage at the snap. So like the first one is it's, I think a second down play second mm -hmm. and 10 they're at the Atlanta 21. This is from week two of the preseason. Um, Miami uses motion. They send a receiver across the formation from left to right from a two by two to a three by one. And nobody on the defensive side of the football comes across and trails him. So, you know, you're two at you know, okay. It, it's some kind of zone coverage. But they show the two deep safeties pre-snap. So two is probably thinking cover two, cover four. No. Right at the snap, one of those safeties comes straight down, buzzes down, and they spit into a cover three, three deep look, one single safety. And Tua gets completely confused by it. Like yes. Completely confused by it. You saw it too. Where mm -hmm. he opens to his right, you've got three receivers over there, doesn't quite like it, then comes back to his left to throw that quick little in cut. And he almost throws it right into the hands of that safety that dropped down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and this is a pretty, it's not the most complex coverage rotation you'll ever find, you know, but this is something that Dean Pease was doing just week two of the preseason and it fooled a second year quarterback, almost mm -hmm. baited him into an interception. So yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to have to be ready for these sort of coverage rotations. So that's kind of the first play. Okay. Um, the second one was just two plays later. It was a fourth and three. They go empty and now they're showing blitz. They've got like six guys on the line of scrimmage. Everybody except the free safety who's on the goal line is within like six yards of the line of scrimmage. It's clear that they're in some sort of man coverage because the Dolphins use motion with a receiver and defender trails them. So Tua knows it's man coverage. 
but he's expecting blitz. Like, okay. you know, you see all those guys lined up, he's expecting blitz. So he thinks, I got to get this out quickly. Yeah. Well, they drop everybody off. They yeah. don't blitz. And they bait him to throw in it quickly. And they run two different concepts. They've got like the shield slant on the left with the two receivers. One guy goes vertically to sort of create a rub for the slant route to, to Perry. And then on the right side, they've got stick fade. The middle receiver on the trips runs that sort of slot fade route. Tua tries to force the slant route in. But the guys that dropped off, they naturally try to instantly double the two inside receivers to take that quick throw away. They're baited him in to do it. And he does it anyway. And again, it's a near interception. And so P's, you know, these two plays, we'll, we'll share them with the gentle listeners when the show drops. These two plays are great examples of a defensive coordinator confusing a young quarterback, baited him into near mistakes. The defense just doesn't capitalize. But this is what Hurts is going to have to be ready for and avoid on Sunday. Like P's is going to try to bait him into some mistakes, make him think, okay, this is what I'm getting from the defense. And so this is what I have to do but he's playing right into the defensive coordinator's hands. Like he's trying to get you to make that quick read and throw. And then he's got a way to sort of step in front of an intercept it. So that's what Siriati and the coaching staff have to get hurts ready for. Yeah. He's going to try to bait him into mistakes. Don't play along. That's tough. Cause it's like, it is like you said, with the confusion aspect of it, knowing when to throw or, or run in, in regards to Jalen hurts. Cause we right. move. that's, that's tricky. Yeah, and this might be a week where if you're Nick Sirianni, you're you're telling Jalen Hurts, look, this is you're expecting this to be your first read on a play. Like if, if we use the second play that we just talked about, and you say, look, you know, you're gonna try to throw that shield slant. It's the same route concept. Remember Russell Wilson when he got intercepted against the Patriots? Okay, okay. The Malcolm Butler play. You have the sort of the front guy release vertically to create space, and then you run the slant route behind it. It's just to get like three or four yards. This was a fourth and three play. Obviously, the, the Seahawks were on the goal line. You're telling Jalen Hurts, look, you can throw that. Like, that's your first read. But if you are not 100% sure, pull it down and run. Like for this week, this is your this is your first read. That there's something else. Your legs are their second read, and you know, not to compare myself to Jalen Hurts in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. But when I threw my second interception against Hamilton in 1997, I almost said 1977. <laughs> I'm not that old. I, say, Whoa. I came off the field, and I. My coach was screaming at me. My coaches were all screaming at me. They were like, you know, how did you bleep that up? How did you bleep that up? And I'm like, look, I, I, I thought I had it. And my coach was like, you can't think you have it. You either do or you don't. Because in the end, you're the idiot that's throwing the ball. And it's up to you. And, and, and this is one of those kind of moments. Like where if you're Jalen Hurts, if you you got to be 100% sure. Otherwise, just do something else. You've got the legs. You've got the athleticism to go create. That's going to be the sort of thing they'll have to, that he'll have to navigate Sunday against this defense. Yeah. So we're going to be able to talk about it following the game. So that Tuesday following the game, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how he's going to perform. Yeah. It's going to be like every week, Rachel. It's going to be like flooded my inbox with clips. Seriously. So much stuff to talk about. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so much fun. Now, I do believe, though. You have a homework assignment for me? I do. I do have a homework assignment. And I had one more question as well. Okay. I'll do the questions and do the homework assignment. Excellent. Based off of, and this is actually from a a uh, special listener. Oh, boy. 
um, thoughts on stock movement in regards to quarterback draft prospect draft prospects. So who should Eagles fans be keeping an eye out for? Okay, this was a rather shaky week for college quarterback prospects, right? We saw Friday night, Sam Howell. Many people thought he was kind of a guy that could be QB1. I'd push back on that a bit. Like he's propped up by that offense a little. He struggled against Virginia Tech. He had some head scratching decisions. Like he had a play ratio where it's like he's got this huge throwing lane. Like the left tackle fanned out, the left guard fanned in. He's got this huge throwing lane to throw a little slant route. And instead of just throwing it over the top, yeah, over the top like that, he drops his arm and he like sidearms it right into the arms of a defensive tackle who then tips it and gets intercepted. Just I, I texted it to, I think, perhaps the special friend we're talking about. And I was just like, what is this dude thinking, man? Like, so, so Howell's stock dropped. Spencer Rattler, who a lot of people thought was like consensus QB1 at Oklahoma, a bit of a shaky game against Tulane, like made some mistakes in that one. So his stock dropped a little bit. Now, Again, it's it's week one. Like yes. it's some of these games, like September third. Like everybody needs to like just. Down. We live and we all live on Twitter. Everything happens in two hundred eighty characters right in the moment. We we, yeah. we don't have patience anymore for things. But those guys took a little bit of a hit. Names to sort of keep in mind. Some guys that impressed me a bit. Phil Jakovic from Boston College. He did it against Colgate. Like. He should play well against Colgate, but he played well. Uh, Tula Tungavailoa to his younger brother mm-hmm. right down the street here in Maryland at a great game against West Virginia. I don't know. Maybe QB Factory needs to go on road to a Maryland game. Let's I mean, do it. We need, might need to do that, especially later this season if he keeps playing well. We might have QB yes. Factory on site. He played well. Carson Strong from Nevada played well. Uh, and then Monday night, Matt Coral. Um, he played Matt Corral. Excuse me. He played extremely well uh, for for Mississippi against Louisville. He looked really good. I've had some people say to me like, "Yeah, he he might be QB one after this performance." So, Eagles fans, if you're kicking things around on Saturday and you're wondering what you should watch, Carson Strong from Nevada, Matt Coral from Mississippi, Phil Jakovic from BC. Those are guys that looked pretty good this weekend. In addition to you know Rattler and and Howell, they struggled a little bit. Don't give up on them yet. But those are some names that people should keep in mind. I'm going to be on the lookout as well. Excellent. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, now to the homework assignment. You got to get pen and paper. I got to get ready for this. Get ready. Get ready. Got Classes in session. All right. Uh, which album would you say is better, Donda? That's Kanye West album or First Line Lover Boy? <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to be the homework assignment, and I've given both a cursory listen. Okay, okay. okay. I, I, I don't, I haven't made a definitive call on that, but okay. I will get back to you. I, I, I did see on social media some like angsty texts for some engineers that had to work for Kanye, so I'm trying not to let that cloud my decision thought process here. Um, but I will listen to, I will give a deep dive to both. Yes. And have an answer next Tuesday. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I love it. I love yeah. it. And like we said, the next time you guys hear from us, we will have some action to talk about in regards to the Eagles and the Falcons game that is going to take place on Sunday, September 12th at 1 p.m. in Atlanta. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to review. Leave a review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on all the things social media. And Mark Schofield, any last words? Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Go Eagles.